0: You're listening to the Sunday morning service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Butler. To learn more about us, please visit HarvestBibleOnline.org. Well, good morning. Let's go ahead and turn in our Bibles to 2 Chronicles chapter 16. I just have some things that I can't get away from that I taught, uh, I think, a couple of you know, Wednesday nights ago and some things just about visitation. And God wants to do some things. There's a a divine visitations that God wants to do. But there's things that not only does he want to come and to visit with us, but he actually wants to take us on to some things here. You know, the Apostle Paul said this in the word of God. It says God's going to took him on to visions and revelations. Amen. And uh, we know he was the Apostle Paul. God was opening up and and he was going to write all these things. We understand that. But many times we look at visions and revelations and we look at that as if that just belongs to the prophet's ministry or the apostles ministry. And yet God wants to bring visions and revelations to you all the time. He wants to change what you see all the time. He wants to change what's being revealed. He wants to open. He wants you to go from faith to faith and to strength to strength and from glory to glory. You know, we, we never stop learning or at least we shouldn't. We should never stop growing. You know, we should always be growing in the Lord. I know we, a lot of us, you know, when we finally decided we wanted to get in shape or we wanted to change, we, we wanted to stop growing, you know, here, but we wanted, you know, we, but we got to grow spiritually, amen, on the inside of us. And, um, you know, uh, I I wrote down this phrase because it kind of came to me this week uh, and I wrote it, I actually put it out on, I don't write much on Facebook, but I just wrote a couple of things that just stirred my heart and this phrase stirred my heart really a bunch and this phrase is this. The Holy Spirit wants to strengthen your position in Him by strengthening your grip on the things that you have known and drawing you into the things you have not yet understood. So you know, when you think that there's more, you hunger for that. There's a desire. There's there's a wanting of God's presence. Amen. You know, uh, uh, somebody gave me a, a bunch of books uh, recently, and uh, just to go through. And, and in there, there was some older, older books. Uh, one from 1932. And so, you uh, know, it, it, of course, these are all Christian books. And so all that. So I was reading it, you know, and I read that book and I felt unsaved because of how, what these people did and what they were doing and their consecration and their dedication. And I thought, oh man, I just hate reading books. that just beat me up, you know? And yet it was such a good book. I couldn't put it down. I just read it all the way through. And uh, it was, it was, it was a, you know, it just, it just, it captivated me, but it also, it convicted me, you know, and I thought, wow, and all it was, was about their heart hunger for God, it was just their heart hunger for what God was doing. And, uh, here's the thing about it is, is that I know this. It can, the only way to stay excited, the only way to stay, uh, fresh is to let the Holy Spirit continually remind you of things. Continually renew that right spirit. Continually be, be a washing of the water by the word of God. And, and what happens is, is that if we want to stay in the stream of God's vision, then we got to keep swimming. Any old dead fish can go downstream. But see, in God's vision, we're always swimming upstream. We're never going with the world. Why are we going with the world? Why are we siding in with them? That's not our direction. Amen, folks. We're supposed to be swimming upstream. We're supposed to be, when I say that, yeah, it's you don't want to Stop. You want to do things, but but here in 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 First Second or Second Chronicles sixty nine very familiar passage of Scripture we all know this, but uh, here it says, "For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, <clears throat> Amen." To show Himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward Him, Amen. Now we always stop there. But at the bottom part says, herein thou hast done foolishly, therefore henceforth thou shalt also have wars. Now we know that's talking about because, uh, King Asa didn't, didn't trust the Lord. He went and tried to go after somebody. Else. He, didn't, he didn't seek the Lord. He didn't trust the Lord in, in uh, having, uh, him in his battle. He went to get, make peace with other kings. He went to do, and see how many know that it seems like, uh, you know, we, we trust God for a little bit, then all of a sudden then we try to make peace with the enemy. <clears throat> Amen. And, uh, you know, God's heart is for us. Remember what I said? God's heart for us is he wants to strengthen our position in him. How do you get more strengthened in your position in Christ? You get a greater revelation of it. You get a greater understanding of you seated at the right hand of the Father. You get a greater understanding that greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. You get a greater understanding of the scripture that declares you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You get a, script, a greater revelation that God's going to meet and supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. It just begins to be more solidified on the inside of you until you come to what the scripture says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, or, or, or verse 3, or chapter 2, actually First verse 3, verse 7, or 22, excuse me, right down in there, I'm not sure, I got all kinds of scriptures going through my head. Anyways, it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, I believe, but it says all things are yours. And until you believe that, you got a lot of growing to go. Amen? You know, it's funny because we were just with, like I said, with Pastor Chris and Belinda, and they treated us like we were royalty. And I'm like, hey, remember, it's me, Pastor Mark. I was here, I was in the trenches with you. And they treated us, and the funny thing about it is they treated us like we, we treat our guest speakers all the time. So it was getting treated, and I thought, golly, like, this guest speaker thing is nice. It's not having to, you know, getting wined and dined and taken out and, you know, this and that. And I mean, we showed up at the hotel and they had boxes of chocolates, man, I thought, glory be! This <laughs> It's pretty cool. And uh, I, I didn't even know how to act. In fact, you know, he was like, I said, Pastor Chris, stop. I said, stop. This is me. He said, No, we want to honor. We're just so happy. We want to honor. I said, I appreciate the honor, but I'm feeling uncomfortable. I don't. I know I don't deserve this. I left you in a mess. No, I, I didn't leave it in a mess, but I'm not the, hey, you're here. But you know, it humbled me. But then the Lord we began to rebuke me. He said, Listen, here, you know, he goes, If you'll just look at this, this is what you do. And I go, Yeah, I know, but I'm supposed to do that. Amen. But here's another thing, another word that the Lord gave to me, and I want, you to, I want you to get this too. It requires strength and power to grasp the things that God is leading you into right now. There are things that we are going to need strength, and we are going to need supernatural strength to stand in that. So God wants to renew our position, or strengthen our not renew it, but strengthen our position, which means we've got to take hold of the word of God, and it's got to change us, Amen. So, so I so I want to I want to go a little different route. Go to Nehemiah chapter 1. Hey, Old Testament Nehemiah. Hallelujah. Someone says, "Where's that at?" That's back there after Ezra. <laughs> Where's Ezra? Hallelujah. Amen. Ah. <laughs> uh, and give you a little background of the story of Nehemiah, Nehemiah was a, a uh, basically he was the cupbearer for the, for the king, and uh, he was in a, in a foreign land, he was a cupbearer, but a friend of his comes and talks to him, and so uh, Nehemiah says, hey, how's everything going in Jerusalem because of those that went back and those that got to go back, and how's everybody doing, how's everything going on, and they gave him a really bad report, you know, and uh, so we see this. So I'm going to read verses 1 uh, through th- 4 here. And, and actually, I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation because I think it just it's a little bit more storyfied Again, a little bit here. It says, These are the memoirs of Nehemiah the son of Hakala in late autumn in the month of Kislev in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes' reign. I was at the fortress of Susa, Hanai, one of my brothers, came to visit me with some other men who had just arrived from Judah. I asked them about the Jews who had returned there from captivity and how things were going in Jerusalem. And they said to me, things are not going well for those who return to the province of Judah. They are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down and the gates have been destroyed by fire. And when I heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned, fasted, and prayed to God of heaven. Yes. You know, it's, it's amazing. I, I, when I was reading it and just reading this, I was like, wow, why would he get so upset just about the city? Because if you'll understand this, what happened before this in the book of Ezra and, and, and this time and everything, that the temple was rebuilt and worship was restored. And so they've got the temple rebuilt and they've got worship being restored. And yet Nehemiah is mourning and crying about the walls not being there. And I I thought, okay, well, Lord, what's the spiritual significance of all this? What is going on? And uh, you you know that the name Nehemiah means Jehovah comforts. And so you know, as you begin to look at that and think about that, well, who's our comforter? The Holy Spirit. Who's our comforter? And I thought, oh, wow. We should be mourning. We've got a restoration of the temple. We've got a restoration of worship and praise. We've got a restoration of all the things that God has. We've got a relationship with our Heavenly Father. We've got all these things. And yet the walls are are, are, are still torn down in our lives, and, and the walls of things, which the walls represent your soul, and they represent that you've got all this great worship and praise, and you've got this relationship, and yet it's not helping you deal with all of the things that are going on around you the way God wants to deal with them, and so the title this morning is, is that God wants to build up the walls of your soul. God wants to build some things up so that you're free in every area of your life, that you have a freedom and, and, and you're not afraid to stand for the things of God. Because when you're strong, how in your soul, Amen. You know the Bible says that our spirit is born again, but our soul is being saved. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. It's every and your soul is the place where the devil attacks. It's where he's the, trying to bombard you and, and trying to mess with you. Now, understand this. You're never going to not have any trouble with the devil. Amen? Yeah. It's like one guy came to a preacher one time, and he said, I want you to pray that I'll have no more trouble with the devil. said, the preacher said, no problem. Come here. Grab your hands. He said, Lord, let him die. Let him just <laughs> die and go to you because you won't have any <laughs> trouble with it. And the man pulls his hand and says, I don't want to die. He said, well, that's the only place you won't have any problems with the devil. So now that we settled that, okay, you're going to have that. You're going to have trouble in the flesh. You're going to have trouble with the enemy. You're going to have trouble. But here's the key. You know, the psalmist said, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord has delivered us out of them all. Amen. Why is it here? Because when we see this, we see that there is a relationship. They've got worship restored. they got the temple restored. But the walls are still down. Why is it so vital? Aren't, you know, the Bible tells us over in the New Testament that everything that was done in the Old Testament is for examples. It's types and shadows for us. Amen? And so and this is what it seems. It's like we have this difficulty to think that, well, I know I'm born again, but I know I'm going to have difficulty. No, yeah, you're born again, and yes, the enemy's going to come, but glory to God, you're always going to triumph over that. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter two and verse 14 says, "God always causes me to triumph in Christ Jesus. God always everybody say always. always. You know what that word means? Always. It means always. Aren't you glad for that? Thank God. What happens is is that we have a tendency. Now, remember, this is this whole thing. See, the walls of our soul, which is number one, is is our mind, our will, and our emotions. Our thinking process, just like that whole thinking process that I don't deserve to be treated this good. Amen. Now, when you get to thinking you do deserve and you don't humble yourself, well, then you're in trouble. But there's not too many people in that category. You know, most, thing I've, most, most people that I know that walk around in, 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 more, in the most pride are the most insecure. Amen? Because the minute you disagree with them, they can't handle it. They get all excited. See, you know you're free when somebody disagrees with you and it doesn't bother you. Thank you for your overwhelming response. (laughs) Hallelujah! See now you know. See now you know why we got to break down some walls. Because your walls, you got this. I love you, Jesus. I love you. I got loved. You You got this great relationship, but all of a sudden you got all this. Your soul's just all messed up. Amen. Our soul gets all messed up. Things happen. It's like, oh my gosh, but God has restored things. He's given it to us and we need to know how do we do this? How do we get our souls and the walls of our souls built up in the areas that we need to do that? Because believe it or not, your soul, your mind, your emotions is really your command center. That's why the Bible tells us we got to renew our minds. Amen. We have to renew our minds on the word of God. Now, remember, God wants to strengthen your position in him. See, so you can't get any higher spiritually. You're seated at the right hand of the Father. But your knowledge of that, your revelation of that truth can grow and grow and grow of how much more God loves you and how much more there can be a healing that takes place because this is what we need. Amen? So why were the walls so important? The walls were so important because they were for protection. Amen? Amen? They were also when they built the walls, they put towers on so that the watchmen could watch, and the watchmen could look far, so they could be prepared for battle if the enemy was coming. They could see afar off. They were never taken by surprise. Aren't you glad you don't have to be taken by surprise? That you can get your soul, you can get yourself, so that you don't get startled, you don't get overtaken by things. And yet we think about that. We say, "Yeah, but I'm going to always have trouble in the flesh. Yeah, your flesh is always going to try." But your Bible says, "Crucify it." You know, that means just put it under. Tell it, no, you can't do that. You can't have that fourth piece of cake. It's not good. <laughs> uh, straight to four. There we go. It's right. Two or three is fine. It works. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. All of you guys are out of the- but if Nehemiah, like his name means, Jehovah that comforts, we know that the Holy Spirit is our So the Holy Spirit's job in you, because you've been born of the Spirit of God, and if that same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he's inside of you. His job is to rebuild those walls. His job, first of all, was got you born again. His job was in there, that, and, and you became a new creature in Christ Jesus. But now we got to renew our minds. Now we got to build up the walls of our soul so that the things that used to knock us down don't knock us down anymore. Amen? You know, there's some things that happen when you got born again, all of a sudden you change so much that things that used to bother you don't bother you as bad. Amen? And so we take hold of the word of God and it says, okay, we need to let the Holy Spirit, hallelujah, do the work that he needs to do to rebuild all of those crazy areas that have been crushed, that have been destroyed, that have been beaten and pushed down. And guess what? God wants, he's a God of restoration. Because we've got a strong spiritual church. We just don't have a strong soulless church. And the reason I share that with you is because the relationship, the praise, we gather together. Everybody gets so excited to hear the word. of God. Wah! And then we go out here and we have to deal with, with the ugliness of the world. Somebody says something, you can't do this. Somebody says this, somebody does this, somebody. And instead of standing up with strength because of what we know the Word of God says, amen? Because of what God says, because in our, so, and, and you know, and the minute somebody comes against our faith or comes against something, we want to cower down instead of standing up. You know, I don't ever, I don't know where we got this idea that, that we weren't in a fight. The Bible says we're in the fight of faith. Amen? Amen. Now we don't fight flesh and blood, but we fight the enemy. We've got to take authority of the spirits that are operating out there in that. We've got to understand. See, this is the thing about it. But if you don't know what's yours, if you don't know how to build up your world, then you're going to let that defeat you. You're going to let your inferiority complex. You're going to let your thought process wipe you out. Amen. See, that's why the word of God is so important. See, just like Nehemiah went to the king and said, you know, he didn't even go, when he went to the king, he was was so, his countenance was bad. The king said, What's going on? Your countenance is really bad. He goes, Then he just told him, because this is the word I got. He said, Let me go, let me go over there and rebuild the walls. And the king gave him everything to go rebuild the walls. Just like Nehemiah came to Jerusalem, the Holy Spirit comes to us. And he'll stir up just because you have. You got to stir that up. Remember, I said there's a divine visitation that God wants to do. God wants to come and He wants to visit you all the time. Amen. Someone says, "Well, how do I know His day of visitation?" Remember that He talked about His day of visitation. They missed out on it, so they, they, then the city was leveled because they didn't understand their day of visitation. And most Christians never understand their day of visitation because they get a day of visitation from God every time. The Word of God becomes life to you. Every time a scripture is revealed, every time that's God speaking to you, that's a visitation from God. And how you look at that visitation, how you respect that visitation, is how great that visitation will be. And actually, God does want to come and supernaturally do some things, I really believe that, I believe we all ought to be having more visions and dreams, I believe we ought to have more uh, angels being around, I believe we ought to have all kinds of things, because if you look at the book of Acts, and you read through those things there, then we are so backslid, (sighs) come on folks, when you read the Bible, these guys are pretty cool, these guys, I mean there's things happening, God's power, God's glory, they're standing up, I mean they're standing up against, they could be killed on every side, and the power and the presence of God, amen? amen? And then you look at the Old Testament, you see all the prophets of God. Those dudes were just bad dudes. I mean, they come in and the kings would trimble, tremble. They'd be like, oh my God, are you coming in peace? He's one dude. But then you remember that one king sent, what, all these armies over there to get Elisha and they all got blinded, you know? Well, he sent, he sent the first 50, they got killed. Then the second 50, they got killed. And the third 50, that dude was smart. He's like, hey, <laughs> don't kill us. Don't kill us. And he's like, okay, here's what we're going to do. You know. And uh, we see because the prophets of God had power. People say, yeah, well, those are the prophets of God. Well, what did Jesus say about John the Baptist? He said, John the Baptist is the greatest prophet. There's no other prophet greater than John the Baptist. But he didn't stop there. What did he say? then you that are in the kingdom of God are greater than John the Baptist. Jesus said the works that I do shall you do also and greater works shall you do. Why? Because I go unto my father. So we know he's sitting there. He's representing us. That's why it's such great. We have a representation at the right hand of the father because of what the word of God says. But we look at this and we see because I mean it took boldness for Nehemiah to ask the king. He's a slave. Hey, I, I want to take an extended vacation, paid. And I want you to finance it. And I want you to give me, not only do you want you to pay me, but I want you to pay for, and every, all, while the whole time I'm there. That's exactly what he said. Now I'm going to go work. It's a working weekend because I'm going to go build the walls. I want you to send me letters so that everybody else I go get in contact with, they have to give me things too. See, now, when you think about these things, you kind of go, wow, pretty, pretty bold, right? Amen. But this is what he's doing for us. He's bringing this to us. So that we have it. And so when we understand the job of the, of, of the comforter, the Holy Spirit's job right now, he's not just in you, but he's in you, hallelujah, to show you things to come. John 16, 13. How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come. He will guide you into all truth or he will lead you into all truth. He shall not speak of himself, but the things that he hears of me, that he will show you. He's going to show you things to come. Amen. Old Testament said, ask of me concerning my sons and my daughter, and I will show you great and mighty things. We don't ask because we don't think that you say, well, what does the future hold? Well, I don't know. That's all in God's hands. God said, hey, I am living in you. I put my spirit in you. You can know what the future holds. If you'll only ask. Most of us are too afraid to ask because we think we're going to blow it and mess it up. And uh, it's going to be bad just because. And that's where it comes. That's where your soul is all messed up. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We look at why is it so important that we build up the walls of our souls? Because listen, we need to build up how to, what the word of God says so that we can see our souls saved. Amen. In fact, go to go to James if you're with me. Go to James chapter one. Y'all doing okay? Yeah, Hallelujah. You're listening good because it's not taking too long, so we're good. <laughs> You know, when the time goes fast, you guys listen slow. That's the good thing. You're listening fast now, so that's good. Uh Verse 21 said this. He said of James 1. He said, Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. And he goes on to say, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own selves. For if any man be a hearer of the word, not a doer, he is likened unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass for he beholds himself and goes his way and straightway he forgets what manner of man he was. Did you notice it talked about that we've got to do this so it's able to take the engrafted which is able to save our souls. The only thing that can divide between your soul and your spirit is the word of God. Because the Bible says that the word, you know, the word of God is quick and it's powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing asunder the soul and the spirit, the thoughts and the intents of the heart and and, and the, you know, the joints and the marrow. Amen? He gives those three analogies because he's letting us know that your spirit is different. Your spirit is alive unto God. It's born again. It's the part of you that's the new you. But now your soulish realm has got to deal with how do we work together? And that's why there's such a you know, things that are going on in people is because of the way we think. (laughs) And we need to think in line with the word of God. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Because the walls represent protection, but they also represent security. And we saw the soulish components. No offense, folks, but we saw the soulish component of our security when this whole pandemic happened and how fearful the church got. Okay? We saw the condition of our souls, not the condition of our spirits. We saw the condition of our souls because your souls is where your protection and your security comes. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And God's just, He said, He said, you know, to understand this, what do we need to do? Well, we've got to build up these walls in this so that you become secure that God is going to meet and supply all you need, that you become secure, that you are free from disease. Amen, that you become secure, that you are free, hallelujah, from disaster. And that you're free from lack. That God said, this is my church, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. See, do we believe that? And that's the key thing. The key thing is is that everybody can say, yes, yes, yes. But when all of a sudden you're confronted with it, and you know you, and only you know you. People can put on fronts, they can put on all kinds of things, but security and, and, and protection and under- that means that we're free from the cares. That we don't get upset if somebody gets something and we don't. Because we know God's got plenty of that. Amen? And when we see things, we, you know, hey, you know what? God's my protector. God's my provider. Hallelujah. We don't have to fight with flesh and blood because our supply and everything about us doesn't come from flesh and blood. Even though God uses them, the key is it all comes from God. Amen? But here's, here's one of the things that has that is, that is transpired in our lives that we look at things. and, and, and Because the devil's always attacking your mind. He's always attacking your soulless realm. He's always attacking your self-esteem. He's always attacking where all these areas, hey, look at this, look at this. You know, he's always wanting to get you in the areas that, that get you all chaotic or get you all frustrated. And here's one of the things that we always do is that we think that we're in this just by ourselves. I've got to figure this out just me. And that's one of the biggest problems. No, because you can't figure out you're not that smart. Do you know that everything good in your life after you're saved, and everything that you actually thought up and it actually worked was not you, the Holy Spirit helps you. You you know, now everything bad that you've done and everything that you did that, okay? But everything good about you is of God. So yes. well, how can you say that? Because Jesus said there's no one's good except for God. So you're not good. So don't think about it. You get to thinking that you're good, you're in trouble. But in Christ and in what he's done, you go, "Woo, God, you make me look good. You make me look smart. You're awesome. You're wonderful. You know, if we read the book of Nehemiah also, I think in Nehemiah chapter 2 and verse 17, when Nehemiah got down there, when he got down there, he didn't go down there and say, man, look at the mess you guys have all made. Now I showed up to help you. You know, he didn't say that. When he said that, when he declared, he said, he came down and says, look at this, look at the disaster, look at the things that we are in, and we need to come together, and here's what we need to do. We need to arise and build and and, and fix this thing. And he took it personal. See, remember, Nehemiah means Jehovah the Comfort, so he's like like the, so when the Holy Spirit comes in, he doesn't come in and go, well, you've been doing it by yourself all this time. You want some help? You don't deserve it, but you know, you could use my help right now. You know, he doesn't say that. And you know, when the Bible talks about in Romans chapter 8 and verse 26, it says that, for, that we know not how to pray as we ought to, because the Holy Spirit helps us to pray for, for things, you know, for our firmness that, that we don't know how to pray, and we pray with groanings that cannot be uttered. That word helpeth means that he comes to, to take hold together with us against something. So he comes to take all together with it. It also gives the connotation of just like Nehemiah when he came in and said, "Hey, we are in this together." That the Holy Spirit says, "Hey, listen, we're in this together. I've got a personal interest in you. I, 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 you know, this is us. This isn't just about you going through this. We're going through this together. You never, when you're born again, you never go through anything by yourself. God's always there. The Holy Spirit's always there. Amen." You remember what David said, though I make my bed in hell, God's going to be there. See, some of you have brought God into places he wasn't supposed to go. You always got to make it a little funny. You guys getting too overwhelmed with your <laughs> things here. Why is that so incredibly wonderful is because the Holy Spirit is the one that leads us into all truth. And he's there with us. And he has a personal interest that we succeed. That... Your success and failure reflects and he wants to be involved involved in it. But he not only reflects, but he's like, hey, wait, if you go down, I go down with you. But we can't go down because the Holy Spirit never fails because he's God. God never fails. So you can't fail. You can find a whole bunch of ways that don't work, but you can't fail. And as long as you're breathing, you're winning. <laughs> see the Holy Spirit wants to come with you and get it and he wants to build up this walls of insecurity he wants to build up this walls uh, and tear down when I say build up the walls he wants to build up so that you can become secure he wants to just wipe out those things and says because you're down here and He wants to. he can be secure in this He wants to build up over here where your sense of fear is like, oh, and you're afraid of everything. No, no, no. God's not giving you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sign. So I'm going to build this wall. Let's build. And did you notice in the book of Nehemiah, they all built together. But isn't it funny? They had trial in one hand and a sword in the other. Ready to fight. Why? Because the enemy, you know, you know what that king was, King Sanballat, S-A-N-B-A-L-L-A-T, you know he was, he had a big mouth, and he, you know, he's just the devil, the devil's always, every devil has a big mouth, that's, that's his number one weapon, his words. Big mouth. He's going to say, What are you guys doing? Oh, you're doing this. Oh, you're doing that. And then, you know, first of all, he comes against you. Yeah, hey, you can't do that. You know, blah, he said, Yeah, I got letters. I can do this. And then it comes and say, Well, you're just doing this because you're pr- Oh, you're just doing this so you can show off. Who do you think you are? Amen. Now, the wonderful thing about Nehemiah, because remember, Sambalat says, Hey, come on down. Let's talk about it. Come on down. Let's talk- take a break. First thing the devil says, you're too busy. You're too busy. See, the problem, you're just too busy. Take a break from the things of God. Now, don't take a break from anything else, but take a break from the things of God. Thank you for your overwhelming response, because that is a number one. That's what everybody does. What can I cut out? Church. What can I cut out? This. And go do this. Or what am I going to do? And the devil loves distractions. He loves distractions. He loves to pile things on. So he said, come on down. Nehemiah says, no way. We're not coming down. We don't have time to talk to you. Well, it's just, you're never going to get it done. Nehemiah says, hey, God's on our side. God will give us the power to get it done. And then he turned around and he said, guess what? you have nothing to do with this and you would not have any lot or part, you know, nothing of this and guaranteed, you're not gonna be remembered in a good light in this. <laughs> he said, we're gonna finish this. Do you know the devil, what you gotta always remind the devil of his position you got to always tell the devil he's under your feet. you got to always remind the devil that when he's trying to tell you how lousy you are, and we got to remind them that what he's going to do with like lack and fear and all these things here, you got to remind him of what the Word of God says. And you got to remind him that you've got a vision and you've got a revelation and you've got to fulfill this. See, that comes back to this. Our, our personal visitations from God, our personal revelations, of, that God's got a plan and a purpose. We're not just wandering aimlessly. We're not just going with it. We're not enduring to the end. We're going to endure to the end, but we're going to go and we're going to take ground and we're going to keep moving forward. We're a mighty moving force. We've got vision. We've got plans. We're going to help all those hallelujah, that need help. We're going to love all them. We're going to reach out and touch lives and get as many people born again as we can because that's God's heart. That's God's plan. Amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> I mean, I love that the Holy Spirit's not an outsider. He's got inside information. He's an insider. He can do insider trades for you. He knows ahead of time. Amen. I mean, he's coming from a personal interest, but not only that, he wants to be personally involved. See, you might build the house, but you're going to labor in vain when you build it. Because the Bible says, except the Lord build the house. So you might build things in your own things, do things, but if you'll let God build it and give God the glory, He'll make, He'll add extras in your room. He'll do a whole lot of things. Hallelujah. See, the Holy Spirit doesn't build your life for you, He builds it with you. Amen. And you need to allow Him and let Him help. Amen. Man, you need to just say, glory to God, let's rise up and build some things. Hey, let's rise up and do it. Let's build the walls of my life. Let's build the walls of, of blessings. Let's build a wall of faith. Let's build these walls that, that can rise up on the inside of me, amen? amen. Go to Galatians chapter five. We're gonna, we're gonna wrap this thing up, I think. Remember what I told you about my kids. They always count how many times I close. What does it mean when a pastor says he's going to close absolutely nothing? <laughs> but <laughs> till you see him close his Bible, then it's, you may have a few more things. <laughs> Hallelujah! <laughs> oh, folks, let me just share with you: you're not too old or too far gone to recover. Reclaim, hallelujah, and restore all that God has for your life. Your latter years can be so much better than your former. God can stir this up. God can turn these things around. And you may have missed it in the past. You may have been and been disobedient. You may have done a lot of things. But if you repent, turn around and say, God, here am I. God can do great things. God can always turn you around and be like Simpson. In the last of his years, he killed more than with his last act than he did all of his life. And it was a thing of restoration. Say, God, I love you. Put your strength on me one more time. And that's what you have to declare. God, anoint me one more time. Let your Holy Spirit anoint me one more time. Hallelujah. Let's reach one more. Let's reach one more. Hallelujah. Amen. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22. It says... But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. These are all the fruit of the Spirit, which is your Spirit. But believe it or not, they're all attached to your soul. There's connectivity that's there. Because even though you've got the love of God that's shed abroad in your heart, I mean, you've got the, the Bible says the love of God's been shed abroad in your heart, and Jesus Christ is your Lord. And you've got that great love. How many you know most Christians ain't letting that love come out? Because the Bible says you got to walk in love. To who? To fellow Christians. you got to walk in love. And your wall of love might not be built too good. Thank you for your overwhelming response. <laughs> I can't help it that God knew you were coming. The Holy Spirit knew you were coming. And he won't let me go here, okay? And this is an awesome sermon. Because it, it beat the snot out of me the last two days. And so, I'm, and so I, I just got brave enough to preach it. So, and, and he's putting it all together here, so it's good. But look at the next thing. Joy. Whoa. Man, you know, if we were watching some of you worship and praise this morning, it might have been pretty interesting. Well, I'm just not a very demonstrative person. I understand that. But there ought to be something. There needs to be something. Even if it's a smirk, there ought to be something. Okay? But it's a fruit of our spirit, which is joy, which is a powerful force. But the enemy's always trying to steal your joy. The next one's peace. He's always trying to steal your peace. It's the peace that passes all understanding. Jesus gave us his, my peace I give unto So we have perfect peace because we have Jesus' peace. Amen? Jesus said, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, but I give you my peace. Well, if he gave us his peace, glory to God, it's good. But the walls of our peace because that's where our security. The devil's always trying to steal your peace and your joy. Amen. See, but how's that built up? The Holy Spirit's always trying to build it up with the word of God. He's always trying to build you up. He's always trying to make you stand strong. See, when you have peace, you don't let anything steal your peace. Like one person said, I don't let anything Anything or anybody rent space in my mind, which means if that thought doesn 't bring life to God and or praise to God and life to me it doesn 't deserve to be there if it doesn 't bring life to me and praise unto God, that thought 's got to go and here 's a great one. look at this next one: long suffering woo both people didn 't even have a wall there they don 't even have a foundation they don 't even have a footing they got no patience <laughs> and uh, long suffering holy cow pastor you could have gone all day without talking about that one I know <laughs> I know I mean you know <laughs> you know the Bible there's another scripture in the Bible that talks about we got to put up with people 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verses 4 through 8 talking about the love of God love doesn't need it love puts up with people <laughs> yikes I'm still working on that wall so just don't, oh, y'all just know that I'm working on that wall it ain't fully built yet amen it's funny when I get to thinking I got my love and my joy and my peace walls doing really good somebody comes along with and needs some long suffering and just chops those other three walls down a little bit there it's like whoa you know swinging a big hammer there he goes and then what about gentleness Hallelujah. Gentleness and kindness. Amen. Then it says goodness. Aren't you glad that, that, you know, and these are walls that we all have that need to be built up strong so that the devil, when he tries to come and says, they're taking advantage of you. You can turn to him and say, I know. I'm building a wall of goodness right now. My good my goodness well, wall's getting a couple more They had to get a couple more stones on there, a couple more blocks. I saw it was a little lower. And also, along with this goodness, long suffering it's it's working. It's, it, they're doing double time on long suffering right now. Just want you to know. The walls of my souls are getting bigger. <laughs> Some of you, it's the lights coming on. This is good. The light is coming. Took me forty-five minutes to get there, but praise God, the lights are coming on. Hallelujah! And what about faith? Wow. What about faith? Our faith gets rattled. Our faith gets you know hit against. But praise God, Hallelujah! Our faith will stand. And meekness. Meekness simply means you're teachable. It means you can learn. It means that there's more things out there. And uh, when I say that, it just simply means, you know what, I, I want to receive what God has. I'm, I, I want to be teachable. And of course, all of us understand temperance is self-control. And I knew temperance is last. and We knew Paul put it last because that was the smallest wall that he had. We know that in the beginning. he He didn't even have that wall. You could just run right in there, man. It was just... He had no self-control in that aspect. It's like, you wimp, get out of here. You're useless. (laughs) We don't need you. (laughs) (laughs) Amen? But notice what it says. Against such, there is no law, which means that the devil can't bring anything against you. See, all things are ours. But until we begin to believe that, until we begin to honor God and... uh, you know, that's one of the greatest secrets, and, and, and like I said, it's one of the greatest promises that we have in the Word of God is that all things are ours, that we can partake of these things, Now we know we got to get a revelation and a vision of those things being ours, but also, and that's one of the great secrets of the success in the kingdom of God, is to get a clear, clear vision of, wow, God loves me, God cares, the Holy Spirit is personal with me. He, he is working with me. We're working together against these things. He's going to help me. Where I lack, he's going to pick up the pieces. We're going to do this together. I'm going to trust him. I'm going to lean on him. I'm going to look because he's the spirit of truth. He knows the truth. Amen. Amen? So I'm going to allow I'm going to build up the walls of my soul so that when something comes against it, those walls are there. Hallelujah. And when the enemy's screaming from the outside, I can say, hey, my wall's just getting built better. Things are happening. Good things are starting. Because see, as Joseph said this when he told his brothers, what you did, you meant for evil. But God took what you did and he turned it around and he made it good. Let me give you the New Testament side of that. Romans 8, 28, All things work together for the good to those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. Amen. All things work together for the good to those that love God. God is still roaming to and fro over all the earth looking to see who he can show himself strong to, whose heart is loyal to him, whose heart is strong, whose heart is set on him, whose heart is fixed on him. Folks, folks, Let's build up the walls because we need to build up the walls of our souls so that we don't allow the enemy to trick us up and to make us slip and to get us in the flesh or to get us uh, frustrated and get us to quit and get us to think, well, I'm going to go do this or I'm going to go do that because this isn't happening. Or that. Anytime you do something because something is not happening, you have just got led by the devil. Because the Bible doesn't say as many as are led by things that don't happen. They're the sons of God. The Bible says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. God will lead you. God will tell you. God will show you. They they do those things. They believe that God's leading me this way or God's showing me these things here. Fine, but do not ever say, I'm doing this because this isn't happening or that's not happening or this because you just gave in to the devil. That is by the Spirit of God to help you because, see, what happens is the minute that you allow offense, the minute that you allow somebody who's done something, the minute you allow one of your walls that isn't built up to affect you, what happens is you just allow the devil to win and to get you sidetracked. Because you're not led that way. Amen? You got to be like Nehemiah and stay up on the wall and say, we ain't coming down till it's done. Because you don't got no part or lot in this. You, you have no right to harass me. You got to tell them say, "Nah, uh-uh. I'm not moving. I'm not moving until the Lord speaks to my heart. And when he speaks to my heart, he'll speak to everybody else because it'll be a win-win. Amen? Amen. Amen. And that's, see, but why? why? Why do we do that? Why do we have people that just run to and fro? Because their soul's all messed up. Because their walls aren't built. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. Lord, you're amazing. Thank you for this The word of the Lord. Thank you, Father, for this message this morning. I believe with all of my heart that it's something that we need to grab a hold of. We need to chew on. We need to digest this and take hold of it. Father, I just thank you for it now. Lord, I love all of these people with all of my heart. I love everybody here. I may not know everybody here, but I love everybody here, no matter what, whether whether sinner or saint. Father, because you love them. God, you so love the world that you gave your only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And so, Lord, if there's anybody here under the sound of my voice that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior... Or there's somebody here that they've fallen away. They've allowed the enemy to come in and their souls from and to make them fall back and not get the things that, that they need. And they need to come home. They need to come back to you. They need, Father, just to come and allow your love and your grace to just bring them back home like the prodigal son. Oh, Father, my heart's crying. My heart's desires that they would do that. And those that are watching, if you're watching and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, God loves you. He cares. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, 9 and 10, that if we would believe in our heart and confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, we shall be saved. For with the heart, man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So if you're here or if you're watching and you need Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life, or you need to come back home. You just need to come back and say, "Man, I just wanted—I want another personal visitation from God. I want to stir up, and I want to come back home. Know that I'm forgiven. Know that I'm accepted. Hallelujah! And if you're here under the sound of my voice right now, just raise your hand. Let's pray. Let's let God touch your life. Hallelujah! God loves you. He cares for you. Hallelujah. I mean, I know I preach to, to getting the church saved and I preach to the church. That's my calling as a pastor is really to preach. I, you know, I have an evangelist. I love to see people saved. But my heart is to get the church to grow to the place that God wants them to grow. Hallelujah. Father, now I pray. I pray for every person here. I pray, Father, that you build the walls of their soul. That you build up, hallelujah, these things that are in them. They don't have to. Father, you know, we, we humorously talk about there may not even be a foundation, but the foundation is already there. They're already there. Love, joy, peace, Father, long-suffering, it's already there. they are already all these nine fruit of the Spirit are inside, because when you get born again, you get all nine, and Father, thank you for that, but now we like to see those things build up, but our soul realm, Father, hallelujah, your grace, your mercy. So I thank you, Father God, for your amazing grace upon their lives. Hallelujah. Let them be the body of Christ that needs to be the body of Christ. Let them know that they have a voice. A voice, hallelujah, that can declare the word of the Lord. Lord, we glorify your name. We thank you for it now. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen.